Revolting is produced by the Cycling Independent with the support of subscribers like you and additional underwriting from Shimano North America. We are community-focused, community-supported, and dedicated to the whole of cycling. Always remember, at the Cycling Independent, if you ride bikes, you're one of us. This is Revolting with Steve and Robot on the Cycling Independent, episode 36, Camping. And before we start, we're obligated to tell you that this podcast contemplates both mature and immature themes. You might not like all the words we use, the ideas we bring up. So if you are sensitive about these things, maybe this isn't the podcast for you. Take a hike. Oh, and I said that, and then we're going to go right into a stories about camping. Oh, take, take a, a hike. hike. I see what you did there. I didn't do that. That wasn't intentional. It's been a couple of weeks since we've recorded, and I just, I am bursting with creative energy, obviously. You have a big, goofy <laughs> grin on your face. I don't. Uh, I, just, I just had a doctor's appointment, and those always put me in a good way. Yeah, a little, uh, Little prostate exam always cheers you up. I got to lay naked. I got to lay naked with a with my doctor, and she looked oh. over and made sure all of my skin cancer is good, and oh. it's not. Oh, so she injected the most recent uh, removal site with a bunch of steroids, and then she said, "Well, if that doesn't settle down in a few months, we're probably going to have to take more off." And I was like, "Well, fucking a, let's do this." Well, you know, you came back from that real cheerful. I don't know. I feel like we started off on a cheerful note and then you immediately just told that. Um... No, it's fine. It's fine. Oh. I just talked. I just texted my mom. I was like, well, best case scenario is they just cut more off. Worst case scenario is it goes like it's out of control and, you know, then it goes into my lymph nodes and I die. And I finally get a fucking reprieve from this <laughs> goddamn bullshit reality oh man it's fine i won't be any i won't know any different anyway you know like i've made i've made my peace so for now i'm just gonna say i just get to go back and keep visiting with my hot doctors hot doctors yeah so it's fine it's whatever it's fine I picked that up from Greg Heath and Joe Hamilton are two of my friends here. They they're Midwesterners and they end everything that they're not totally cool with, with it's fine, whatever. It's, it's fine. fine. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That sounds right. It's fine. Uh, so since we last recorded, so we laid, stuff. we laid actual eyes upon each other's 3d reality. Mm -hmm. We hugged. Mm hmm. Right. We hugged. You, we threw we threw rocks in the water together. Mm -hmm. You made a you made a to catch a predator joke as soon as you got to my door <laughs> before, like before we even had full sight of one another's forms. You made a to catch a predator joke. It was great. You know, Oh my bad. No, it was it was great. I got to meet. So I got to meet uh, robots wife and his two sons, all of whom are are pure sunshine embodiment. The, the two boys are uh, as whip, whip smart as I would have imagined them to be. Oh, and that's nice. your partner is just 
She's just a peach. It was really, it was really fun. I was so glad you guys were able to come up because I was trying to figure a way to Seattle and it just wasn't looking good for me. Yeah, we had a delightful day. We went to uh, the beach uh, off Chuckanut Drive there Mm -hmm. and we discovered more sand dollars than I knew existed. I don't think, so my dad's kind of a beach nerd and like a rock nerd and just a, a naturalist. He's kind of a naturalist nerd. Yep. And I showed him pictures of these sand dollars. I'd never even seen a, a whole sand dollar on a beach. And I picked one up and I was like, well, here you go. And I gave it to your wife and said, here's your, here's your souvenir. And then we cast a gaze across the beach and saw hundreds, right? I'm not exaggerating. <laughs> I, there was about a million. There were so many. So many, but living sand dollars, which I've never seen. And no. this, they were you like all of a sudden it was just like. Holy shit. I, I didn't, I I didn't, I've never seen a living sand dollar in an aquarium. I don't think like I was totally blown away. And as we discussed, like, I don't know what the fuck those things do. What, what does, what's a sand dollars life? It just sits there and waits to become a souvenir. I know that's not it. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I had intended to come home and do a whole bunch of Googling about all of the things that we saw and, I, I, it must, it was just some kind of crazy anomaly. Anyway, it was a fun visit. And, um, we, right before we started recording, I mentioned that I was surprised I didn't give robot a tour around my closet where I sit <laughs> because it's, you know, it's probably about five feet wide and about five and a half feet long. It is really something to behold, but that's where I sit when I record. And, uh, you know, we made a lot uh-huh. of, I'm, I've helped make a lot of magic in this little space. You have. I mean, I was um, shocked, shocked by the cleanliness of your abode. Oh, I'm, um, a, I'm a bit of a neat freak. I mean, yeah. again, you can't tell it by looking at me, but. <laughs> <laughs> who, who would have guessed that the guy who's usually bleeding has, <laughs> has a living room that's just neat as a pin? Oh, yeah. It's good. You know, I like to. That's probably a habit I picked up over the last. 10 or 15 years and not definitely not living in in an industrial space on a super busy road lends to that. Like that's where I lived for a long time and it's just impossible to keep clean. Mm. Um, uh, but this is a little bit easier to keep clean and, you know, I dust my baseboards a couple times a month and I dust the tops of the doors and all of the picture frames and mop and vacuum and kind of, Tidy things up. It definitely looks like a physical therapist lives here with all of the foam rollers and the vibrating <laughs> thera guns and thera balls and thera rollers. And I got a lot of tools. Yeah. Um, the other thing <clears throat> I wanted to mention was the gooey ducks, which is which were the clams, the bar- deep digging, deep borrowing clams that we saw oh. that would shoot their geyser of stored water. Yeah. Um, it, it, and is that a is that a threat response? I don't think so. I think that's how they I think they take in water, get food out of it and then eject the water. I think that's a part of their process. What it looked like, it looked like a little sea anemone, like the little hairs, you know, around that yeah. like the little tentacle kind of things and it'd be poking out in the sand and you would touch it and it would close up and shoot down into the sand. And sometimes if you were walking towards it, it would squirt water or they just squirt water randomly. And these little tiny geysers were coming out of the beach. It was really neat. 
it was really neat. And then when I looked it up, I discovered that they had that thing, the, 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 what we always call when we eat clams, the foot is actually called the siphon. And in this particular species, it's very long and it looks tremendously like a penis. And I'm not saying that because I see penises everywhere I look. I'm like, I believe Wikipedia even says these things look like dicks. <laughs> it was, a, it was they're pretty strong phallus. Yeah. The photo, the photo in Wikipedia will make you blush. It's crazy that all of that girth fits in that little shell. You know, I mean, that's the thing. That, yeah. And the shells are like. That's what she said. I'm not. This, that's, no, it's not. Never mind. It's no. about Let this it size. And then this thing is like, is like an arm that could fit inside of your fist. They're, they're really wild. They're alien looking. Fascinating animal. So we got to see some cool stuff in your visit and it was fun to see you in person. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and then we, so we just released our 20 second, Third. 23rd episode. And I feel like I keep saying <laughs> the next one is going to be the good one. And I listened to 23 yesterday and I feel like that was, that was when we kind of hit our stride. I'm really proud that of that. That was the good one. It only, it took us 22 episodes. I mean, you're, you're always going to be critical when you listen to stuff that you say and you're just like, Oh Dude, do you not know any more words than that? And also, <laughs> because we're canning a conversation, it, it's still yeah. a little tricky for me, but we're figuring it out. I think it's going real good. I do, too. I do, too. And the people who have responded and commented, like, that's totally amazing to me. I don't know. It's, it's probably very self-congratulatory, but I really think it's cool when random people stumble across this and it resonates with them, you know? Because yeah. all we're doing is just trying to figure shit out as we go. Just figure shit out. Yeah. Uh, so, fucking hey, what else happened? Patrick, who was the other principal at Cycling Independent, went to Sea Otter for God knows what reasons. <laughs> and to get dusty. Probably got sunburned and windburned and froze yeah. and sweat to death all at the same time. So that's mm-hmm. happened in the last couple of weeks. Um, uh bunch of bike riding, bunch of skateboarding. Yep. Bunch of, you've seen some bands. I saw Jawbreaker the other night. Yeah. Um which I enjoyed. And plosives like a month ago, I don't even know if we had yep. discussed that by the time that we or whenever we recorded. I think we did. I saw plosives, I saw yeah, Jawbreaker, I've got Idols tickets coming up and Whores are coming soon. Wow. Um, yeah, it's a, it's, it's happening. It's, it's whatever, you know, since the pandemic is over and maybe actually by the time this episode comes out, the pandemic will really be over. <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> Probably not. No, but yeah, it's exciting to go see music again and get that energy. You know, I love that energy. I, I do know you love that energy as do I. And, uh, I, but I'm still a little wigged out. Like, you know, when people bump into me, I'm like, yeah. Skin, oh, it's like it's crawling out of my skin. Like I get, there's cooties everywhere. I don't. Yeah. It's going to take a long time. But even if the pandemic was somebody just snapped their fingers and they waved a wand and said, bingo, bango, pandemic's gone. I would, <laughs> I'm still going to have a couple of years of feeling skeevy. 
you know, I just, I, every morning when I get up, I wave a little wand and say, bingo, bango, pandemic gone. <laughs> <laughs> I do that every day. I, I guess I should probably start and just put, you know, put your money where your mouth is. I got to start doing that as well. I don't do anything when I wake up. I just lay there and wonder why given, I wasn't lucky enough to die in my sleep. Given how, <laughs> given how skeeved I now know that you are by, you know, close proximity to people, I feel even more gratified that you gave me a warm hug. Oh, uh, I'm a hugger. On our greeting and our departure. I'm a hugger. I've always, I've, like, that's the only thing I'm, to can say I'm really good at. I'm like, I'll hug the fuck out of people. And yeah, I'm good at good it. And, and you know how sometimes you hug men and you always get to like hearty back pats. Like you don't do that. Yep. Women don't give you hearty back pats. There's not a lot of back patting, but men yep. heartily back pat. And I'm not a back patter. I might be well, a back I think, tapper sometimes, but not generally. I think it, it connotes a certain discomfort, right? It's like, oh, I'm patting you on the back. I'm not squeezing you and holding you. Like yeah. I, th- I like a hug that's a squeeze and hold. Same. And Okay, if someone goes for the back pat, I will say, oh, I get it. You're uncomfortable. I'll pat your back, too, so that you don't whatever. I'll enable your whatever fear it is about male intimacy, but or, I'll just, just hug the fuck out of you otherwise. Could just be physical closeness. You know, sometimes you do you hug people and you get like the chest and they like crane their neck away from you where it's oh, like yeah. you're not you're barely making any cut. That's when you go in and you cup both butt cheeks. <laughs> And you like lick their neck like, OK, you're going <laughs> to if you're going to you're going to back out of this, I'm yeah. going to double down and make it. I'm going to front in. If you're backing out, I'm going to front <laughs> yeah, in. Make it as uncomfortable for you as possible. Uh, OK, so, yeah, it was lovely I, seeing you. And what? I, oh, you got to. I have one more thing that I want to tell you about from my trip. OK. Uh, you met my boys mm-hmm. who are 17 and 15. And um, I think it was the day. Maybe the day after we saw you, we were going to Portland uh-huh. and we were trying to get our ass out of the out of the house. And um, the the older one, Owen, arrived and I said, I said, where's your brother? He goes, I don't know. And my wife said, well, call him. So Owen pulls out his phone. He's not making eye contact with either of us. He pulls out his phone and he says, call Jizz Goblin. <laughs> and his phone starts to ring and it picks up immediately yo what's up (laughs) oh man that so i've always i've always responded to a dry sense of humor like i love a dry a deadpan sense of humor it's just ever since that's been the thing i've striven for strove for strived Uh for Uh uh-huh And I just, when people, when people come by it naturally, I think it's great. And your kids are just like, they're, they're each other's straight man. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. It's just, it was really fun to watch. I, he said that he did that. He's called jizz goblin deadpan, (laughs) not making eye contact with us, just like he's doing it. Right. And then the, like the younger one uh, is, uh, is okay. He's on his way and he hangs up the phone and I just lean forward and I hugged him. No back pat, just a real deep hug. And I said, I'm really proud that you're my son. <laughs> well, I was describing, I don't want to just keep going on and on about this. Cause we got shit to cover, but I was describing, uh, 
it was like hanging out with a, like a woman and her three sons. <laughs> like it was like, that's kind of, but I mean, you're maybe like the, the older, more responsible one, but just the way that you guys riff off each other, it yeah. was, and like the fact that her eyes haven't rolled out of her head yeah. in, in your years together is, is pretty astonishing. I think she, she is often exhausted by our <laughs> bottomless <laughs> hunger for <laughs> fart and penis jokes. <laughs> It's, it's, you could call it insatiable. Yeah, it's <laughs> pathological almost. And I can understand that it's irritating. <laughs> oh, fuck, it's great. Uh, it right. is the gratifying thing about having kids. Yeah, yeah. If I uh, could I gotta, name one. I gotta, I gotta live vicariously, but I was into it. Yeah. So, uh. Um, well, you're both their godfather, uh, retroactively. Fucking we, we, I don't even know what god, but you're. If You're you guys the die, they come and live with me in my closet. That's, that's right. Lucky them. Uh, so we're going to today we're talking about uh, camping, camping, using yeah. a bicycle as a tool to get to camping. And we're not talking specifically like you got to load up all your shit. You got to have your frame bag and your saddle bag and your giant handlebar bag and your fucking shit on your fork legs and yeah your shit on whatever. your fork Jesus legs Christ bike riders are incessantly fascinated with gear yeah you know like if 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 I can wear a neoprene mask and booties and I don't care if it's 50 degrees I got them I'm wearing them if I'm gonna if I'm gonna go bike packing I need all of the shit well where'd you where'd you go did you ride like the transcontinental oh no I just rode to a city park <laughs> five miles away but, but I, I took all my stuff I took everything yeah. So yeah, we're just talking about throwing some shit in a backpack and a you know like sleeping little sleeping bag and going out and sacking out in the woods somewhere, which is super super fun. I love I love doing that. Yeah, I'm. You know, I'll be honest. Like, this was your idea. This camping episode. I'm not a fantastic camper. I'm not really. I don't. This isn't really a thing that I do. I mean, I like what? to sleep outside. Uh huh. Um, what about it? What's the thing that doesn't click with you? Uh, um, it requires a level of organization. First of all, no. I'm not good at sitting still. Okay. You know, so if we go, we ride out to a place. I've done this how many times? I've ridden out to a place with a bunch of people who are camping, and I'm like, okay, we're here. And we kind of sit there and like maybe someone starts a fire and if there's a fire ring or maybe, you know, someone makes coffee or busts out beers or whatever it is that that group's vibe is. And we sit there for a little bit and I, I can have like 45 minutes worth of laughs with folks just sitting there. And then I'm like, I don't even know what I'm doing. And then I kind of like ride home. Hmm. Okay. But camping, you don't, that doesn't happen when you go camping. It does. Oh, yeah. Okay. So you I just, just don't, you just don't like camping. I'm general. just not really a camper, which is weird. I met my wife camping mm-hmm. and, um, I I've had some good camping trips, but it's just not high on my, uh, I, I will say that I like, uh, and, and we should also reiterate, we don't hate bike packers much. I don't hate bike packers. I, okay. I mean, if that's your thing, but I'm just saying like, bike riders in general have they always have to 
like go over the top with all of the shit. And you're, right, you're not right. just a bike rider. I'm a gravel racer. You know, yeah. it's like you're like aligning your identity with the, with the activity. And, and that just doesn't never really landed with me. But you know, if you're going to go to a big, big trip and you load it down with all the shit, awesome. that makes sense. Yeah. But if you're just going to go like peace out and you're going to ride, you know, five miles from your house or 10 miles from your house, you don't, you don't, I don't know. Yeah. Just a, just a sack, just a sack of stuff. Yeah. Be fine. Space blank, space blanket. You and I should do this podcast with GoPros attached to our headphones. That feels like a bike, like a bike person thing <laughs> where you just GoPro everything. We have to document every, every yeah. instance. Look, look at, look at what Steve was doing right now. Uh, the, no, we, so no, we don't hate bike packers. We don't hate bike packing. I mean, I don't, I don't like back bike, back bike packing. That's not my favorite thing to do, but I do yeah. like riding into the woods and finding a place to sleep. And one, there was one time, I mean, I guess we can just start swapping stories, but <clears throat> I rode up, I had, uh, I have a Bob trailer, like one of the suspended Bob trailers mm-hmm. and maybe I'd. I don't even know if I had that with me, but I rode up and I just, I had a burrito and I had like a six pack of beer and some waters and snacks and stuff and went into the woods and, uh, found a place in this little clearing where there was a lot of, uh, like smashed grass. Like you could tell, like there's a lot of deer have slept there. So I figured probably not going to be in real danger of getting hassled by a mountain lion of which there are a n- number and, Unfortunately, a, a higher population of mountain lions in the Santa Cruz mountains, you know, the, I think a mountain lion needs generally or yeah, generally they have a 10,000 acre territory. And I think on highway 17, one year, I think two or three had been hit by cars and periodically one will wind up in Palo Alto or one, you know, they're just, they're like, they're, te- they're land is is all fucked up by construction and roads and stuff so there's a lot in a small space and um anyway i didn't think i was going to get i had a feeling i wasn't going to get hassled by one if the deer were comfortable sleeping here and so i woke up and went ate my burrito and then i stashed my my food aluminum foil and stuff i stashed it over in another place far far from me to pick up the next day and i woke up in the middle of the night and I hear all kinds of clatter and footfall and stuff all around me. And I take my little flashlight and I scan the perimeter. And it was like um, that episode of the Charlie Brown adventure where he's on the river and he goes down the wrong way. And there's all of these eyes, like right. high eyes and low eyes and big <laughs> eyes and little eyes. And they were just fucking everywhere. And so I lay there and kind of debated, like, do I risk riding home and getting vaporized by a drunk meth dealer or do I just stay here and like take my chances? And even in the worst case situations, I've never had a bad experience in the woods and Ah. knock on wood there, but I just, I don't know. It's just like, I feel like I'm a puzzle piece that, that has found its place when I sleep outside. It just is always made sense to me. That's cool. Oh, hey, it's story time with Stevel. When I was eight or nine years old, my mom and dad bought me my first BMX bike. It was a JCPenney Free Spirit. And in time, I went on to put some nice accessories and components on it, like a tough neck stem and CW bars. 
which just made it sort of the embodiment of putting a nice frame on a shitty painting. One day I was hanging out at the local bike shop, which during the winter was a ski shop. It was a little tiny place run by this guy named Andy. And one day he gave me a 10 inch long die cut Shimano sticker. It was blue. I didn't really know what Shimano was or anything about it, but I put it on my top tube and immediately made the bike 150% cooler. It was around that time that I probably became a lifelong Shimano guy. I, I grew up in Alabama and I did some camping there and I did some camping in North Carolina, which was really nice. But I, I remember one particular trip when I was, uh, I don't know. I must've been like 16 and we had stopped the, the army Navy before going on the trip. And the guy at the army Navy was like, Oh, you boys are going to go camping. Well, you're going to get, want to get a snake bite kit. Um, so we bought this snake bite kit that sucks the venom out. It's like, it's got this little double pod so that it mm-hmm. covers and the pods of different sizes for different snakes. And that sort of put me in a weird headspace. Um, and then he was like, and you're also going to need to make these fire starters, which are paraffin wax. Uh, it's dryer lint impregnated with paraffin wax. And so I made those and you, he said like you make them in an egg carton. So you get some lint, dryer lint, and you put it in each of the little compartments in the egg carton and then you melt the paraffin and pour it over and let it harden. And then you just cut up the egg carton and that's like a perfect fire starter. So even if it rains. Yeah. um, And (laughs) I almost burned our house down making those. (laughs) So I feel... So I feel like the trip was a little bit doomed. And then, so we went to the woods, which was great. Um, and we were where we were was on a lake and there was like a road on the other side of the lake. And so we set up our camp, which was just, why don't we didn't even have a tent. We had like a tarp that we set up kind of, you know, lean to style. We pitched our things and we made a little fire and we sat around. I think we ate hot dogs or something. I forget what we did, but we were, it was just getting dark and this dude drives up in a pickup truck and parks next to the lake and he just sits there and he just sits there and he just sits there. So we're like, all right, well, I mean, it's, you know, uh, it's getting to be about bedtime. I guess we'll, uh, you know, get under the tarp and think about sleeping. And the guy's just sitting there and nobody says anything. I don't know what, like we had not spoken for a little while, like you do right before you go to sleep. And then one friend of mine goes, that guy's going to fucking kill us. We got to go. And we all got up at the same time and packed our shit in the car and left. Well, I am, as you were telling that story, I was thinking I have zero concern about critters. Yeah. But I definitely get sketched out. I mean, fuck people. Yes. Beings. Like they're the ones that I worry about. And you always hear these horror stories about, you know, people just fucking sacking out on a beach and somebody wanders by and executes both of them. You know, like what what is that? That just that's just that's just fucked. And, you know, as somebody who really likes to be outside. I don't let that stop me, 
but I definitely have gotten good at hiding myself, you know? Yeah. Uh, so you guys just bailed. We just bailed. We were like, <laughs> fuck this. That sucks, man. Because in Alabama, um, I don't want to like lean too hard on the stereotypes, but like a guy pulls up in a pickup truck at that. It was the eighties. I think you could still have a gun rack in the back of your truck. Um, you know, so you don't know what the dude's on, um, because crack was happening, uh, then as well and it was in the country not just the cities and yeah. you know people I'm, I'm not saying the guy was a crackhead i'm not even saying the guy was dangerous but our in our 16 year old minds we embroidered a rich tapestry of imminent danger sure. and we were like fuck this we're out and your imagination can be your, your own worst enemy every day and yes. all the time yeah sure but certainly in a situation like that I mean, I'm a little weirded out. I knew all of the good places in the Bay Area, you know, and I didn't have any problem going into the hills. Yeah. Uh, but here, uh, I mean, there's a ton of places I can go, but there are, you know, I've talked to some people and they're like, yeah, there are some fucking weird, like we're in a little bubble here and yeah. you get just outside of this area and then you're going to run into all manner of psychopaths. And, and, and already like this guy, my buddy Craig has already put the fear of God in me. So... <clears throat> I need to figure out where the, where the good places are. Or, I mean, I know of some, but you just, you know, you, like I said, you put yourself in the bushes and, uh, I don't care if animals find me, but I don't want people to find me. Yeah. I don't think animals are, are likely to, to bother you. Um, I, it made me think we were talking about how sketchy humans are. Like it, it, people talk about, uh, like the female praying mantis mates with the male and then eats it. Mm hmm. And like people are like, that's fucked up. That's crazy. I don't know. I think humans are much worse as a species in terms of what we're willing to do to each other. We would probably be better off if we were <laughs> eaten after mating, just in general. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I don't know. Maybe. Did we? So what? Have we? Did we cover everything? Oh, um, it's. Uh, no, we didn't even get into the questions. Well, okay, we skipped entirely over the music pick again, too. Um, what do you want to we, do? We did. Uh, yeah, we can do. We can do a music pick. I have one. Let's do it. What's yours? Uh, it's a. I actually went on a little Twitter rant. A Twitter rest in peace. If Elon Musk has his way with it, but um. Uh, it's a band called the fake, fake names. Oh, and, uh, it's somewhat of a punk rock super group. Um, uh, Dennis from the refused an international noise conspiracy is the singer and, uh, Brian Baker from minor threat and Sam Hayen and the meat men and bad religion. And, Dag Nasty and every other fucking punk band you've yeah. ever heard of. Uh, he plays guitar uh, and Brian. I'm sorry. Uh, Michael from Embrace uh, plays drums and Johnny from Girls Against Boys and Soulside plays drums. Or I might have that the other way around. But 
Yeah, the, like right at the beginning of COVID, I think they played their first show in Brooklyn and it was this huge thing and then COVID happened and then it just kind of got buried. But <clears throat> yeah, fake names. And it just kind of like, how could a band like that just sort of slip through the cracks? But I've been pretty interested in them. Yeah, I think COVID you- has done that to a lot of promising musical projects. Um, yeah. My pick for the week is obscure... My kid did this thing one time where he was like, what bands do you like? And I told him, and then he would look on Spotify because he listens to Spotify. He would look on Spotify and he would say, oh, that band has nine monthly listeners, dad. Name another one. And I would name <laughs> another band. He'd be like, that one has 11. <laughs> anyway, so um, my music pick for the week is a band uh, called Death Killer. And they are sort of um um a metalcore band that made one record that came out in 2007 called new England is sinking. They're from Connecticut. Uh, the, the main dude is Matt McIntosh who was in, he was in, I hate God or some other band like that. But the death killer record, new England is sinking is fantastic. Um, I remember my buddy, Matt, who is a tattoo artist who lives in Hawaii now, uh, recommended them to me while tattooing me. Um, and somehow, and it was a great, you know, it was a good experience. The tattoo was a good experience. And I was, I like, I was like, I'm not going to like this band because I don't like bands that get recommended to me generally. (laughs) And, uh, but I went home and I put on death killer and I was like, Oh my God. And I listened to it almost exclusively for a year it's so heavy and so good and i was very sad that they stopped being a band almost immediately but death killer sometimes that's sometimes that's for the best you know it's it's, just it's like the the star that brights that burns super brightly and then exhausts extinguishes and then goes on to become something else space dust space you always have that one little nugget which is pretty dope yeah. Uh, okay. Death killer and fake names. There you go, everybody. Uh, so question one. You're going to have a chill, real chill little adventure. Uh, you're, uh, we're not bike packing. We're just getting our sack, our burrito, uh, and our bivy and maybe our beers and our water and beer nuts, maybe. Whatever. Uh, snacks, snacks, pizza flavored combos, perhaps. Uh, yeah. you're going on this adventure. Do you take someone with you or do you go alone? Sometimes. Both. I would. Yeah. I mean, if somebody you go along with it, some people. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes if you I mean, it's, sometimes it's fun just to peace out and you don't, you know, you let somebody know where you're going. Obviously, mm. rule number one is let somebody know your plan. Yep. And then you go peace out. And sometimes it's fun to go with somebody. And that's kind of like, I don't know. I always roll like somebody will call me or I'll call somebody and say, hey, let's go sleep in the woods. And then you do, or you say, let's go sleep in the woods and they can't. And so you go by yourself, Mm. but there is, there is something about like you wake up early and then maybe on your way back into town, you poach some single track that's legally questionable. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, you don't see anybody, you watch the sunrise and then you get to the coffee shop or whatever and have a morning cup of coffee and people are kind of shuffling in and they're on their way to work. And you've already had this whole adventure you know yeah. so yeah. regardless whether we, you're not with you're with somebody uh 
yeah, it just, I don't know. Depends on it. Sure. Both. Yes. I, I totally get that coffee shop the next morning thing. And one of the things that I enjoy about it is everyone's showing up like, uh, showered and blow dried, blow dried. And I just smell like an animal, like a real, like I smell like a raccoon. And I, and I like that feeling of like, you got pine needles in your hair. Yeah. And probably like tar sap on your, in your arm hair and stuff. And you just, yeah, it, yeah, it, there's just, it, it, I, I don't know, it makes me feel kind of, it's cliche, but it makes me feel more alive, it makes me feel really excited and like I did something cool, you know? So I had this experience the other night that isn't uh, camping related, but I went to see Jawbreaker uh, at a club, club, a venue, a venue in the city. And I went by, I met some friends there, but I went alone. And then even going in, I was like, Ooh, I get to leave alone after. And I love the feeling of leaving a show and your hearing is affected (laughs) because it's been very loud and you forgot your plugs like you always do. And, uh, so then I get in my car after and I turn on, maybe it's the music I just heard, or maybe it's some other music that I'm really stoked on. And I turn it up really loud and I put the windows down and then I take the long way home. I just love that post show energy. And it's a little bit like that post sleeping outside energy. It's like, I just did something and I'm just good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's doing, you did something, you, you did something that you love. Yeah. Or you did something that you had that you have an affinity for, and it's just—I mean, it's just—and I weirdly, it's probably <clears throat> that you did something for yourself, you know, so kind of maybe selfishly. Like I took care of myself and had my own little selfish fun experience, and I mean, Ed, we should all do more of that, I think. <clears throat> but yeah, I'm I'm with you. I'm with you on that. I think there's that thing about being alone with it where you're reflecting on the experience you just had and there's no one there to like screw that up. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what I mean? But it could also be, I mean, that's kind of the, the part of doing it with somebody else is that you then roll up to the coffee shop or you get into the car and turn the, roll the windows down or get on your bikes and start to, because you like having, if you're on the same page, having these shared experiences, it, yeah. it almost amplifies it to some degree. And inversely, if you are with somebody who's kind of a drip and you're hyped and they're like, oh, I got sprayed by a skunk or, uh, you know, whatever. Stub my toe, I lost my, my wallet. That kind of thing. Yeah. Then, then it's, or they weren't that psyched about it to begin with. I don't know. I've yeah. had some, I guess everybody's had, kind of similar experiences, but to be on the same page with whoever you're with is really fun and elevates the experience. I think I would like to have that shared adventure. You have that thing. Yeah. It's like a secret. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it reminded me a little bit, uh, when I was a messenger, I was in the city, San Francisco with my friend Jake and we went to an art show. This is the first time this has, has, this happened. It, it, It subsequently happened a number of times, but this was the first time. So I had to wake up at seven thirty, and I generally, I think if I remember correctly, I was on the road by eight, eight thirty, something like that. Pretty early. You're like, got your bag on, your radio's charged, you're out the door. 
So <clears throat> I was coming home and I fell asleep on the train because it's this rocking and it's warm and it's, right. and it's kind of this, it's very sort of soothing. And I wake up and I'm in Pittsburgh. Uh, so for those who live in the Bay Area know that Pittsburgh is the very, very last stop on the Bay Area rapid transit line. And I wake up and I was like, where the fuck am I? And the cops sweeping the um, tr- train car and there's all this like girls are crying and people are like, what the fuck? And they basically just kick everybody out into the cold. It is a abhorrent fucking plan. You know, yeah. like none of these people, this is before uh, Uber or Lyft or whatever. And, and cops are just like, nope, you can't be in here. You can't be in the station. It's fucking two in the morning and you are a drunk person in pittsburgh which is up the butthole of like the bay area and i went down to talk to the agent and i was like hey what where's a is there like a field or something and she's like yeah it's over there but i wouldn't go over there and then i was like eh, kind of stumbled away <laughs> laid down in this ditch locked my bike to my ankle and slept for three hours woke up once the train started running, walked back and I had enough money. I had gotten a dollar the night before and someone had drawn a funny haircut on George Washington and there's a voice bubble and it says, I smoke weed. And I was like, <laughs> my prize dollar. And I walked up to the, to the agent at my station and I'm like, man, and it's seriously like I looked like hammered shit. Right. And he's, I'm like, I f- fell asleep on the train last night. And I woke up and I spent the night in the ditch in Pittsburgh. And he's just looking at me with all the shit in my hair and dirt on my face. And he's like, dude, just go home. Like, get out of here. So right. I went home, took my bag off. As soon as I took my bag off, the last two bottles of beer in my bag fell out and exploded on my floor. <laughs> I was yeah, like, yeah, okay, yeah. I'm going to sleep for two hours. And then I woke up and I was on the road. What? And my, the team leader guy, this guy, Andy, I said, I told everybody the story and he was about to call in sick because he'd had band practice the night before. And he was like, well, fuck now. I can't, I can't call in sick. This guy slept in a ditch oh, and now he's, man. and he's on the road. How did that shift tags. go? Oh, I was fine. It was whatever. Fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was, it was cool. I burned the blue flame, you know, but that was like, from then that I that wasn't the last time I fell asleep on the train, but it definitely was the only time I slept. That wasn't the time I learned my lesson. The last time, so I did it a fuck a bunch of times, and the cab rides from out there are insanely expensive. But the last time, I wasn't that far away, and I was just going to ride my. You know, it was part of the like general random road loop that we would do, but it was really dark through this little town called Canyon and up this incredibly steep climb. And I had a single speed cross bike and I was like, well, fuck, I don't have a light. You know, I'm just going to begin to make my, I'm going to ride home. Like this is the only thing that makes sense. And then I see this other girl and she's fell asleep obviously too. And I asked her, I was like, Hey, you want to split a cab? And right then her boyfriend shows up and her boyfriend has a bike rack on his truck on his, on his uh, SUV, whatever. And she was like, no, my boyfriend's here to get me. So I went over and I was like, man, could I get a lift back to Oakland? 
I, I swear to God. And I'm like, and he's like, man, I, I got to deal with a drunk girlfriend. She woke me up. I drove out here to pick her up. I don't, I can't deal with you. And I was like, look, my bike is on your truck. I will give you my wallet. Anybody gets the short end of the stick. It's going to be me. I just like, I can't, I don't want to ride home. Cause I will for sure get run over. And he begrudgingly agreed and uh, said that I could. And, and it turns out he was friends with some people who ran a bike shop in the East Bay who I was friends with and everything was all good. Gave me my wallet back, took me home. And I promised myself at that point, I was never going to fucking do it again. I used to like, I thought I'd put a sign around my neck that said, uh, I'm a narcoleptic. Please wake me up at MacArthur station. Or like, right, right, right. I would set the alarm on my pager when I was a messenger to try to wake me. Cause I could not, I could not stay awake. It was physically wow. impossible for me to stay awake. And it wasn't even always drinking. I was just tired. You yeah. Know? Like you I mean, I think for. messengering is a grueling job. Yeah. Yeah. I just couldn't wait to get home and, and I might go have dinner or whatever, but it or it'd be late. Obviously I'd be the last train. So I would have been up late after working all day. Right. So those are, those are other kinds of bike camping stories. <laughs> but that's, I want to, I want to subscribe to the magazine that covers that. <laughs> derelict, derelict bike camping. Yeah. It all counts when you fall asleep behind a dumpster after yeah. a long night. That's yeah. bike camping. Velo uh, hobo. Yeah. Perfect. So is bike camping lame is the second question. And uh, I think we've covered that pretty extensively. It's not. it's not, it's fun. I admire people who are bike packers. I really, I, uh, yeah. If you're taking all your stuff to the city park, that's a little weird. That's just like a fetish, uh, that, which is okay. That's your weird thing. Um, yeah. I don't know. It's better than a life-size sex doll, I guess. Uh, but what's, if you... what What's the one this guy said? Hey, hey, hiker with your fucking ski poles and all your stuff. And then he's like, my six-year-old did it while swinging a Barbie around in her left hand and like jelly shoes or something. Like, <laughs> settle down. <laughs> or something like that. I, yeah, I was worded differently. But, you know, people love... And it's that's the perfect term for it. It's, they fetishized these activities. Yeah. And you have to have all of the gear to show how committed you are to this, whatever you got to bring your slack line and your fucking mm. hammock and you and your water purifier and your fucking jet boil thing. And it's silly. Right. Your special to, pocket knife. Don't forget that. My, right. My um, perspective. But I admire people who do bike packing. I like that idea of like, uh, we're going to do five days. Uh, we're going to sleep four nights out in the thing and we're going to carry all our shit with us. I like that. I I'm not doing it. That's not a thing that I'm signed up for, uh, today, but I like the idea a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, whatever. I mean, any way you slice it being outside's fun. So better than inside. If you want to, you want to, uh, huh. you want to bring all your shit out and make your whole tent city with all your cool, Googas and whiz bangs. Yeah. And tear it up. I'm not, who am I? Nobody. Uh, question three. We're just going to, let's just plow. Yeah. Go. Uh, would you rather go back to college or to your first job after college? I don't know where this one came from. Did you suggest this one? No, this is, this is terrible. <laughs> 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 
Well, this is, this is the dumbest would you rather ever. It I does feel come, that I way. I saw it, it and I was going to write a new one, but then I was like, I think maybe this is Stevel's because I don't mm. remember writing this. No, no, this is definitely not mine. It's I my feel fault. like I think no, I think somebody, somebody, somebody might have given it to you, and they're like, and then you said you thought that sounded good, and then you put it in, and now they might it's be listening fault. to this. It's my fault. I'm like, oh, that was mine. I thought that was a good one. <laughs> I hope and so. We're both, we're both talking shit. Yeah. I mean, it's not, it's okay. I would uh, like back to college forever or the first job after college forever, or is yeah. it just a year? Uh, or what let's are we say talking? it's, let's say go back to, so it's four years to do college again. Would you go back to college for four years or would you do your first job after college for four years? Oh, fuck yeah. I would do, I would do my, I would do college for four years. I would too. And my we, we went on a college terrible. tour together, you and uh-huh. I last yeah. week. Yeah. We toured a college and it was Western, Western Washington State College University, Western Washington University, I think is what it's called. Um, And what I thought while I was there was that there was a ton of bitchin hardscape that you could practice trials, uh, bicycle uh, maneuvers upon. Campuses, campuses are all big campuses are always fun to ride bikes around on. Yeah. Auraria, Auraria. There's some community college in Denver that my friend Mark and Dave and I used to ride all over the place. Those guys were really good at trials. I was not good at trials. Still, I'm not very good at trials. And they like they would do all this cool shit. And then I would like. Destroy my chain ring on everything that I was trying to get up on. No, no fluidity or skill at all. But yeah, that campus has got potential. Yeah, and I think also, well, my first job after college was uh, in a restaurant, and it was murder. I think I worked like 72 hours a week was my regular schedule there, uh, and I would not wish that upon someone I didn't like. I would go back to college, especially at this age, uh, you know, because who gives a fuck about grades? Not that I gave a tremendous one the first time I went, but like, you know, college could be fun. Mm Mm-hmm. No, I liked, I liked college and I hated my first job after college. So that's what's one, what is it? What's a replacement? That was kind of a, um, that was kind of a dud. Would you rather all of your food tasted like earwax or had the texture of pencil erasers? Mm, texture of pencil erasers. Did you just come up with that off the top of your head? I did. I just freestyled that. <laughs> That's not a very good one either. Okay. Uh, we might we might just write this week off. Okay. Uh, we tried. And what about you? Earwax or pencil? I don't actually know what earwax tastes like, but I would imagine it was probably kind of bitter. You don't know what earwax tastes like? I mean, I'm both, Uh-oh. I'm simultaneously um, not really believing you don't know what earwax tastes like and embarrassed earwax. that I do. I've never tasted earwax. I don't do, I don't put stuff from holes in my body into my mouth. Like No, just, who would? That's disgusting. Bible. But I, I do also feel like I know, I People. feel like that's an accidental one. <laughs> like you could just, that's a thing you would do accidentally. Yeah, I'll give you that. But I have not. I have not. So I don't know. I go with pencil erasers. I would just like all my food to have the consistency of pencil erasers and taste like 
earwax. That's what I'm going with. And then we'll have try we, to do a better job next week. Have we done the, is it Chuck Klosterman or Chuck Falanek? Chuck Falanek wrote Fight Klosterman. Club, right? It's Klosterman. Klosterman wrote uh, Fargo Rock City and yeah. Sex, Love and Cocoa Puffs and stuff. Okay. Uh, it, there was one where he did uh, in his book five, I think it's called five or mm-hmm. IV or I don't mm-hmm. know what it's called. One of the two. It's Roman numerals or it's letters, but it I don't know four which. then. Oh, four, <laughs> four. So there's a lot of would you rather's and the grizzly bear attack one that we featured on an earlier uh, episode uh, came from that. But there was one is would I think how it goes is would you rather have your partner, uh, you know, your life partner, your love uh, mysteriously attacked once a year <laughs> with a giant wrench. Distru- like breaking their collarbone uh-huh. and this happened once a year and you couldn't tell them that it was your doing it's just like they would heal up and then somebody would clobber them with a giant wrench once a year once a year or forever every song you heard any music you heard sounds like it was being sung by Allison Chains vocalist Lane Stanley uh- <sighs> so you hear like the Stuckey's jingle it's yeah. <laughs> you hear oh, anything, any, all your favorite songs. You listen to the cure. It sounds like the cure, but with Lane singing, I mean, all of it. Forever. Yeah. Do yeah. You, do you pick, do you pick a lifetime of Lane? I don't or, think I could know that. Um, my wife's collarbone was being smashed once a year. By because, a, via because, a choice that I had made, it's a it's a tough you one. Don't like I would, listening to Lane's voice. Oh, you know what? We, I was in Seattle last week, and I was some kid had a Sub Pop shirt, and I don't. Allison Chains wasn't on Sub Pop, but for some reason, I was thinking like I remember because I was at Pike Pike Place Market, uh-huh, uh-huh. and I was like, "This is the most Seattle thing we could possibly have done." And then I thought, oh, well, like totally non sequitur, but sort of related. I thought. God, I fucking hate Alice in Chains. <laughs> it was like that. It was a thought that even surprised me. I was yeah. like, oh, Seattle's nice. This is the most Seattle thing we could do. Oh, I fucking hate Alice in Chains. Okay. And I just hate that whole vocal style. Yeah. I don't mind. I mean, there's some songs that I actually really like. Like, he was a tremendously powerful vocalist and troubled person. And I just think about when he died and nobody found his body for like two weeks, like you have burned so many bridges that nobody even knows you've died. Like that is a real heavy commentary on, on how far that guy had fallen. And periodically I'll kind of go through little spits and spans where I listen to a lot of, uh, Alice in Chains, but it, you know, it's like kind of comes and goes and there's, one song in particular that I actually, there's a bass line in it that is just mesmerizing. And I don't know what the song is called, but I too would pick a lifetime of listening to Alice in Chains voice on songs. In a perfect scenario, I would say to Brittany, my wife, my lovely wife, who you, you have confirmed is lovely. She's great. I would say to her, um, listen, uh, I've got this conundrum. And <laughs> I don't think you can do that. You can't let her know. You can't. This is this is something that you have to. 
I understand that that's, that I'm breaking the rule, but what I would like to do is break the rule. I would love to hear, I would like to say to her, listen, um, someone is going to smash your collarbone <laughs> with a wrench every, once a year. We don't know when, or like, we won't see them coming. It's going to happen. But if I do this thing, which I really don't want to do, it won't happen. And I'm just wondering if you, you would take this one for the team? <laughs> oh, <my> <laughs> <God>. <laughs> oh, does she listen to this? I mean, we this? said in sickness and in health. I think oh. we said that. No. Have you ever broken a collarbone? I have. It sucks. Yeah. I couldn't, I couldn't do that to anybody. No, so no, I couldn't either. Not I'm really. I'm going to be now at, where are we, like 45 minutes, 48 minutes? Something like that. 55 minutes. We got to close minutes, We got to, yeah. we got to wrap it up, but I, I'm going to say that she is going to listen to this episode potentially and yeah. then promptly kick you out of the house and set all your shit on fire. <laughs> I don't think so. I think she's going to chuckle and say, enjoy Alice in Chains, you asshole. <laughs> uh, Cause that's right. how we, that's how we get along. Let's, uh, <laughs> let's land this plane. Do it. Thanks for listening to revolting. If you have questions for us or topics you would like us to pontificate on, email me at stevel at cyclingindependent.com or robot at robot at cyclingindependent.com. Jesus. If you like this or any of the other fun stuff you find on the cyclingindependent.com, uh, please share it with a friend. It's the only way that we can keep this party going. Um, and I, that just reminded me of something. Maybe if so, if somebody emailed us and gave us the question about college uh, i'm sorry that i oh yeah. I just totally took it apart we ask people to email us and then uh, and then somebody does and we mock their efforts so i'm sorry about that but it Not was cool. a, it was a terrible question <laughs> try again your life's a failure yeah. anyway thanks steve thanks robot and uh for the cycling independent.coms and revolting i'm steve Robot. Well,